On the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between, this is Brewers Weekly. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City, here's Matt Pauley. It is the triumphant return of Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. It has been a while since we've done one of these. Uh, we were, you know, this is a 12-month-a-year program. As long as there's no Brewers games, Bucks games, Packers games, uh, we generally avoid it on uh, what is generally the first round of the NFL draft that generally happens on a Thursday night. But outside of those situations, uh, we are here 12 months a year with Brewers Weekly. But that changed when the pandemic hit. All of a sudden, no Brewers Weekly, and now we are back. I am glad we're back. We're going to be coming your way every Thursday night from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock. That being said, we are not going to have another one of these shows until September, so we'll enjoy this one. We will we'll bask in the glory that is having Brewers Weekly back, and uh, then we'll go a month, and then we'll be back in September. I don't. I can't even uh, – I don't have the um, – the, the schedule for the Bucks in front of me to cross road. By that, they would be in the postseason, so we wouldn't even know the schedule for uh, September. So as of right now, the next scheduled Brewers Weekly after today's program is Thursday, September 3rd, because the Brewers are about to embark on one of the toughest schedules in terms of games played and consecutive days played uh, that, I've, that I've seen. And, and to put this in perspective... The Cardinals, who the Brewers play tomorrow. The Cardinals were off today. They were also off two days ago. So the Cardinals have had two off days over the course of four total days. Now, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm really not happy about that because you're playing 60 games in 66 days. You have six total off days, and you have already wasted two of the four within the first week of the season getting started. So that is that is not a preferable situation, uh, but that is the situation the Cardinals are in. But it's the other extreme for the Brewers. They are off today. They will play tomorrow. They will then play on Wednesday, September 2nd, a day before our next scheduled Brewers Weekly. And... Between those two days, between tomorrow, July 31st, and five weeks from now on September 2nd, they will have one, count them, one off day. Monday, August 17th, they are playing every other day, barring something happening, uh, between tomorrow and September 2nd. So that is quite the schedule coming up. Uh, If you want to join the program, you can do so. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Breaking news from the world of baseball. Major League Baseball is going to stage seven inning doubleheaders, uh, and that's how it's going to be this year. Makes sense, I guess. Uh, I, I would have just gone no doubleheaders, and if you don't play 60 games, you don't play 60 games this year. That's the direction I would have gone, but they're going to try to play as many games as possible. So if if and when doubleheaders are played, two seven-inning games, and to put that, that that's not completely foreign as that's how it's done in the minor leagues. If you play a doubleheader in the minor leagues, you play two seven-inning games. Now for this year and this year only, that's how it's going to be in Major League Baseball. The Major League Baseball players 
had also requested that the rosters actually stay at 30 for the entire season. If you remember the plan, they've got their 30 right now. Two weeks are going to go by. They're going to go to 28. Two more weeks are going to go by, and then they're going to go to 26, and they're going to play at 26 for the rest of the year. The Major League Baseball Players Association wants it to stay at 30 for all, all year long. Major League Baseball has yet to uh, respond to that. That would result in an extra cost, I would assume, to Major League owners for players who are paid one thing when they're on the Major League roster and players who are paid another when they're not on the Major League roster. So there would be some expense that would go along with that. There would also be some service time implications because you would have extra guys on every team collecting service time for the year. I like it. Uh, I, I say just go with it. Go with the full roster. I'm not looking forward like on behalf of players who made the team. Like I'm, I'm thinking about Logan Morrison and, and you know the guys who are kind of those those final spots in. I think it stinks for them that all of a sudden two weeks from now the see the roster is going to be cut for for no reason. I like rosters getting larger. I don't like rosters getting smaller. That's just me. So hopefully Major League Baseball sticks with the 30-man roster for the season, and I think that benefits the Brewers. We all know what the Brewers can do with the expanded roster, uh, so that that's something that's, uh, that's good. And one more thing on that before I move on, and we may get into this a little bit more later on in the program. I am, I am legitimately concerned by what's going to happen with pitching this year and next year. Uh, the the ramp up period to get to this season in a very short summer camp, combined with the fact that you're raising the level of intensity so quickly, there's no easing into this season. And I think pitchers, it, it, it's it, it's hard. It's tough on the arm. You, you're not going to go like the other day. David Phelps when he had the uh, two innings that he pitched really well against the Pirates in the extra inning game that the Brewers won. Craig Council in the post game he talked about. It. He said, you know, that's something how he pitched today. That's not something you're going to see in summer camp. Right? There's a level of intensity right now that doesn't exist in either spring training or summer camp. In a 162 game season, pitchers can kind of ease in as the season gets started. There's no easing in to a 60-game schedule, so I'm concerned about injuries. We've already seen a lot of injuries to pitchers across baseball. I am concerned that that trend is going to continue. I am also concerned. There is, If you are a pitcher, and this is something that general managers are going to be, I'm sure, keenly aware of going into next year. And yeah, I'm, I'm talking about next year's problems right now when we're a week into this season. There, There is a line that you can cross when you have grown your your pitch count so much more compared to the last year like once you have thrown x percentage more pitches this season than last year all of a sudden you become exponentially more uh, at risk of having major injury so with the going from the 60 games this year to the 162 games next year that's something that I'm going to be watching to see how that might impact uh, pitching injuries. But we can worry about next year. Next year, for now, it's about getting through the 60 games. All right, so this is what we've got uh, coming up on the program. We are going to get to our weekly going deep. We would generally do that in the first segment, but I've been pontificating for the last 10 minutes, so we'll do that coming up in our uh, next segment. Uh, again, we'll talk about Christian Yelich. Uh, should we really be concerned about his start or not? Uh, Brewers pitching overall, we'll touch on that, and we'll also uh, try to hear some comments from 
from uh, David Stearns, the Brewers general manager, who spoke with the media earlier today. Again, if you want to join us, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. We're back with more in a moment. Back with more Brewers Weekly after this. This is Brewers Weekly with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. day for the home opener. That would be the better way to say it. That's what it's called. The home opener for the Brewers coming up tomorrow afternoon. The only home game that is a weekday day game all season long. Every other home game that's on a weekday this year will be played either at 7-10, 6-10, or 6-40. But tomorrow, it is uh, it is going to be a, uh, a, a, a weekday day game, which is fun. We'll have uh, we'll have the broadcast for you. one ten for first pitch. That means our coverage is set to begin at 12-35. All right, let's get to this week's edition of Going Deep. Whether the Brewers are winning or losing, a player is on a hot streak or slumping, there's always a reason why. Here's this week's in-depth look at the current state of the Brewers as we go deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! So despite what our voice guy said there, is there always a reason? That's kind of the point of this week's thoughts. We go into Christian Yelich's numbers to start the season. He is a struggling unit here at the moment. 1 for 27 and 12 strikeouts. An 037 average, an 071 on base percentage, a 148 slugging percentage, a 220 OPS. I mean, I can go on. It's not it's not good. And a lot of people are trying to figure out why. And I get it. I understand why you would focus in on that. And from it's it, it, when you start a season that slow in the first six games, and that counts for 10% of your season because you're playing a 60-game season, I understand the worry that fans have about Christian Yelich. It might be a really legitimate worry at this point, or it might not. I'm kind of holding judgment. I have, I'm, I'm very excited to see what's going to happen with Christian Yelich on this homestand. The three games against St. Louis, the two games uh, against the White Sox coming up next week. Will a little bit of home cooking being back at Miller Park, is that going to be enough to get him going? You know, if you're in the middle of a 162-game season and you have a 1-for-27 streak over a six-game span, people aren't dismissing it. But it, you're, you're just simply viewing it as a slump. Something's up. You're slumping. You're going to get out of it. The fact that this is happening at the beginning of the season, I think that's why people are so incredibly concerned that this might be the result of a larger issue. Uh, I've heard people ask about, you know, is it does he have enough protection in the lineup? Is it because of a summer camp being so short? Is it because there's no fans in the stands, so the intensity isn't there? And if, if we're talking in, in another week or so, if they get through this first homestand, if they go to Chicago to play those two games against the White Sox and all of a sudden it's next Friday and they're back home to face against Cincinnati and he's still got the same type of numbers, then all of a sudden to me it becomes a little bit more real and we start looking at all of those different things. But for now, for me at least, he's still Christian Yelich. He's still a guy who was an MVP two years ago. 
He's still somebody who uh, came in second in the MVP last year. He's still the same guy who has led the National League in hitting each of the last two seasons. So right now, I am simply viewing it as a slump and nothing more than that. I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong on that, then in a week or two, he'll still have numbers that are somewhat similar to that, and then we start to try to really figure out what's going on with him. But right now, I'm not viewing this as any more than just a rough six games for one of the best baseball players in all the land. All right, if you want to join us, you can do so, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Let's get to our first phone call of the program. James is in Milwaukee. Hey, James, thanks for the call. You're on WTMJ. Yeah. If they're going to do uh, seven, uh, seven, uh, seven inning uh, double headers, why not uh, do uh, you know you you're putting an extra guy on on uh, when it goes uh, extra innings to, in a tenth inning there, give each side that uh, second the guy on second base, and if they don't score, why should you go fa- uh, farther to eleven, twelfth, or thirteenth or fourteenth inning then? Make it a half. Make them want to play the game, and make it. If they don't, it's a, it's going to count for a half a game won and a half a game lost. So you 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 want ties in baseball? Well, yeah. Let them play, let them let them, let them play better baseball. Let them instead of if you're going to do double headers and seven innings apiece, why not why not uh, why why should they expand their thing now? And they play extra inning games of going 11, 12, 13, 14, or maybe 20 innings or whatever that is in this uh, shortened season here. I don't, I don't think so. Let, let, them, let them play. If, if, if they can't, well, then, then it's going to be a half a game won, half a game lost, and let them uh, learn from that. I still think you got to find a winner, James. I would respectfully just I understand what you're saying, and I think the point you're trying to make is clearly they don't want these games to go on for a really long time. So why would they ever allow games to go on for a really long time, James? Maybe uh, maybe I'm on an island here, but to me, I still think it's important to find a winner of every baseball game. Can I ask you one other question? Sure. Hello? Yeah. Uh, you guys, you were talking about uh, Christian Yelich there. Maybe it's because his teammates got all new teammates around them, and maybe that's maybe it's going to be a learning experience for him to to try to get the, to know his teammates and everything else that's around them, and that, and that's going to take time, and maybe that's why his batting average is uh, you know blank 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 uh, zero 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 whatever you know. Yeah, James, I appreciate the call. I, I don't. I mean, I think there's something to be said about does he have the same amount of protection in the lineup because the lineup is different with no Mike Moustakis, with no Yasmani Grandal. The idea that who your teammates are and adjusting this isn't football, this isn't basketball. You know, basket. This isn't basketball where if all of a sudden you're playing with new guys or even hockey, if all of a sudden you've got new guys on your line, then it takes a little time to get to uh, to have chemistry. You don't need chemistry in baseball. The only time you really need chemistry in baseball is like a, a, a double play combination, a pitcher-catcher uh, relationship, but there's not a lot of chemistry that's needed in baseball. So I would... Uh, I would dismiss the idea of there being a bunch of new guys on the team, so that would impact him. Now, one of the byproducts of all the new guys on the team is uh, different protection for him in the lineup, and maybe that is impacting things. Again, I'm kind of wanting to wait and see what's going to happen with Christian Yelich moving forward. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. If you want to talk Brewers baseball out to a 3-3 three and three start, what have we learned about this team through the first three uh, games, or first six games, excuse me, first three wins and first three losses? We'll get into that coming up in just a moment. We're back after this on WTMJ. 
More Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley coming up on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers and Cardinals tomorrow. Brewers open up the home portion of their season. Welcome back into the program. Got a uh, got a text message from Jared, and I I did not. How do I put it? I did not uh, get when we were talking about chemistry just a moment ago. I probably did not get into it and explain it as well as I would like because from a baseball is the sport where getting along in the clubhouse is probably more important than any other sport. I think in basketball, if you don't like your teammates, it's not the end of the world. In football, if you don't like your teammates, it's not the end of the world. In baseball, it matters. Now, you're not going to win a bunch of games because you're best friends with the guy who's got the the locker next to you. You still got to have talent. But baseball is a sport where the, the, the feelings in the clubhouse do matter. In fact, I've said this many times. I think one of manager Craig Council's greatest strengths as a manager is the ability to kind of cultivate a clubhouse environment where everybody is allowed to be themselves. And there's and that's not true in every major league clubhouse. There are some major league clubhouses where you know, new guys come in or young guys come in and they're kind of walking on eggshells or you know players are trying to figure out how they're supposed to act in a major league clubhouse. That doesn't exist. And the Brewers have done a really incredible job of putting together, bringing players together that are going to mesh inside the clubhouse and legitimately enjoy each other's company. And I do think that helps the team be successful. So when I was talking about chemistry and whether or not chemistry is impacting Christian Yelich's ability at the plate, I was like specifically speaking to what's going on between the lines. Like there's just in in baseball when when you're actually playing the game. Like I said, you want to have chemistry from a, in terms of a double play partner. You want to have it between a pitcher and a catcher. Uh, I guess there are times in the outfield where you, you want to know what uh, if you're in right field, you want to know what the center fielder is going to do, and you are able to to play off each other. But on field in baseball, the idea of chemistry doesn't matter quite as much. Just because of how the game is played. But to Jared's credit and what he was trying to say, I think, is that what happens inside the clubhouse, the the off-field aspect of a team, does impact wins and losses, and I would agree with that. But again, going back to Christian Yelich, I don't... I, I don't think he dis I don't think he's not getting along with anybody. I think the Brewers are are very good about who they bring in to a cl- to this clubhouse and who they bring onto the team. And uh, I I don't think that's impacting Yelich right now. Uh, so when uh, when the question was asked about whether or not the new teammates could be impacting Christian Yelich, really the reason I said I don't think that's the case is there, there's two things. A I don't think it impacts them inside of the game. And B, as far as I know, and just having been around this team and having been in the clubhouse, not so much this year, but in previous years, I know the way that this clubhouse is put together and the fact that everybody is uh, is uh, pretty close. And this is one of the more tight-knit groups. And I... All I can do, all I can assume is that this year uh, some of the, these new players fit in, and from everything I have heard, they do. 
Now, we are, we're cut off this year from a media standpoint. There is no actual interaction, like live in-person interaction between media and players. Uh, everything that is done is via a Zoom teleconference. So, for example, when a game gets done tomorrow, when the game gets done, the media that's covering the game will remain in the press box and they'll bring up the Zoom call and Craig Council and a couple players will come and speak on Zoom and that's the way uh, uh, that's the way things are going to. Uh, that's the way things are going to run this year. There's just uh, very little contact. There's zero contact between players and the media. So uh, appreciate uh, Jared you calling me out on that. And let me. Uh, I wanted to add a little extra explanation on what I meant when I was talking about the uh, chemistry. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll continue on with Brewers Weekly after this. Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ. We continue on with the program. We'll be doing this uh, every Thursday night where there is not a Brewers game or a Bucks game or a Packers game or something else that might uh, get in the way of it. But we are back. We're back. It's good to be back here uh, hosting Brewers Weekly Thursdays here on WTMJ. Our next scheduled show, though, you're going to have to wait a while. Uh, we are not going to have a show in the month of August, but... Don't you worry. Thursday, September 3rd, unless there is a, a Bucks playoff game that night, we are going to be back with the show then. So all you got to do is wait a month. 855 It's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's bring uh, Doug from Baraboo on. Hey, Doug, thanks for calling. You're on WTMJ. Good evening, Matt. Yeah, it's great to have you back. I, I was worried we may not hear uh, Brewers Weekly again. It was a long spell there, but... Uh, it's uh, great to have you back. I look forward to it. You're talking about uh, what we've learned, possibly. Uh, what I've been looking at is the the use of our uh, relief pitchers and how David Feltz is uh, really stepping up uh, to the plate, so to speak, and uh, creating a, a role that uh, Hader had like a couple years ago, and then uh, Knebel would come in and close. And uh, it, and I'm wondering where Knievel is going to fit in. It seems as though they're just still trying to to work him in or work him back in, get him back up up to speed. And uh, it's uh, looks like it's going to be an interesting uh, development with those three pitchers. Yeah, right now I think I trust Phelps as much as anybody in that bullpen for the reasons you alluded to. I mean, what he did in the extra innings the other day, pitching those two innings, that was that was phenomenal. What he was able to do, and uh, he's got some special stuff. I. I think at the end of the day, Corey Knable is still going to be a high leverage guy. He's going to be pitching some eighth innings. He'll probably be closing out some games on days that Josh Hader is not available. I don't know if he's to that point yet. He's been up and down. I don't know if you noticed, Doug, uh, the other day he hit 96. And to me, that's yeah. one of the actually, it, to me, that's one of the biggest developments of this season, which maybe sounds kind of funny because his numbers are not fantastic right now. But. All that other stuff is going to get worked out, and he's going to he's going to regain the form that he had. The big question is, does the velocity come back, and how long does it take for the velocity to come back? So, Knable hitting 96, I'm I'm pretty high on him being able to be a a big time member of this bullpen as the season moves along. Yeah, and with Council in charge, it's it's just it's just fun watching how he maneuvers. Uh, you know, he's like a captain of a ship. How he maneuvers these pitchers and. Uh, I, I just, you know, it looks, uh, if we can hang in there and uh, 
I think we're going to be strong in that in that department. Yeah, I would agree, Doug. I appreciate the phone call. I like the makeup of this bullpen. And the the guys who have been asked to get some big outs so far, I think they've done a nice job. Devin Williams at times. I mean, Williams has looked really good in, in some of his moments. I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you heard the postgame comments from Brandon Woodruff after uh, his performance, but he was asked about the changeup and you know, kind of where he developed it from. And he talked about watching video of other pitchers. And he mentioned three pitchers that he has tried to develop his changeup off of. He mentioned Max Scherzer, he mentioned uh, Steven Strasburg, and he mentioned Devin Williams. Those were the three guys that he really looks at uh, their changeups. So that's uh, I, I think that's a, a big compliment to Williams and what he has been able to do. Back to the phones, we've got Charlie in Oshkosh. Hey, Charlie, thanks for calling. You're on WTMJ. Matt, uh, thanks for taking my call. It's great to have baseball back and great to have you back. Thank you. Um, my impression so far, the Brewers, and obviously we haven't seen a game for almost nine months last October with the playoffs, but um, they are definitely an older team for the most part. They are definitely a slow team, uh, almost a base-to-base type thing. I'm not going to use the word chubby, but a lot of players that are bigger framed, so to speak. Um, and a lot of them are on, I realize, that one-year club option type thing. You know, it's four, five, six guys like that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they got the three young pitchers. I, you got to have a lot of patience with Peralta, I think. But um, three young pitchers, and other than that, uh, kind of a team in transition. I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Thank you. You bet, Charlie. Thanks for the call. Uh, yeah, the, you know, a lot of these – one-year contracts with the club options are on guys who are kind of trying to prove to that they're going to get going again. Justin Smoke's got to do better. We're spending a lot of time talking about Christian Yelich because Yelich is, uh, is struggling at 037. Justin Smoke is struggling too at 174, and there's some plays that he hasn't made uh, over at first base. Uh, you can look at him. Logan Morrison is somebody who played so well in spring and summer camp. Uh, he has not gotten much of an opportunity quite yet, but he doesn't have a hit. Uh, Jed Jerko was a little late uh, getting into games. Uh, haven't seen a whole lot from him yet. Two for eight. Uh, Brock Holt is another player who who was brought in. The, none of those guys, none of the new guys, Omar Nevaez and somebody else. I think if if there's going to be somebody that I'm, I'm disappointed with their performance beyond Christian Yelich, it might be Nervais at this point. He's a lot better than an 083 hitter. Uh, Christian Yelich is a lot better than an 037 hitter, and Omar Nevaez is a lot better than an 083 hitter. And I I spent a lot of time during the offseason after they got Nervaez saying, yeah, he's not Yasmani Grandal offensively, but he's not that far off of Grandal. If you're not, if you're going to lose Grandal, if you can't afford to bring Grandal back, well, at the very least, you're going to bring in a very skilled offensive player, and we haven't seen that yet. Again, it's six games, and I, I am somebody that talks a lot about small sample size. If you've been listening to me over the years that I've been doing this, uh, you've heard me talk about small sample size. I'm still trying to figure out in a 60-game season, is it still a small sample size when you're 15 games into the year? Because if you're 15 games into the year, you're a quarter of the way into the season. You know, it, during a 162-game season, we can be darn near two months in the season, and I might drop a small sample size on you. I don't know what a small sample size is in a 60-game schedule. You know, the, the game hasn't changed. Just because there's 60 games, it 
it hasn't changed in the sense that a player who has a slow start is going to be able to get out of this get out of their slow start quicker simply because there's less runway on the other side and that's going to be one of the big things for players who go into slumps or who start the season in slumps about kind of limiting slumps that that's you want to talk about a key for this season and this isn't just for the brewers this is across baseball limiting slumps you can't have players going into extended slumps because in a 60-game season, that can just really, really end up hurting you. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620 is the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This is Brewers Weekly. More Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley coming up on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers and Cardinals tomorrow. Brewers back home after a season-opening six-game road trip. They lose two of three in Chicago to the Cubs. They come back, and they win two of three against Pittsburgh. And now they're going to play three games against St. Louis and two games against the White Sox before they hit the road once again. Uh, had had a text message come in from uh, Rick from Jackson, and he was asking a little bit about Christian Yelich and the different uh, things that could be impacting his slow start. Uh, mentions the injury from last year, all the new uh, players on the roster, so on and so forth. But he also asked about the no fans in the stands. And so to m- I'm, I am happy that I am going to be inside of the ballpark tomorrow because I feel like I'm going to get the opportunity to really kind of since the environment of the game, I've spent like like many people. I've spent the first six games listening to the games, watching the games on TV, and it just it feels different. But everything in our world right now feels different. That's a this is not exclusive to baseball, and I am very happy that baseball is being played. But that pirate series was a great example because there were two games in there that were you know late comebacks you had an extra inning game and the the just the pressure that goes along now with extra innings with the runner on its second to get the inning going it is um it, it's moments that you feel like should have all this intensity it's those moments where if you had fans in the stands everybody who is there is going to be up on their feet cheering and you always feel like the players are feeding off of that energy well the players can't feed off that energy anymore and now it's them making their own energy. I'm curious to see, especially for teams that struggle. I've always thought that this year is a year where you want to get off to a fast start and, and, and be having a lot of fun. You're having fun when you're winning games. And fun and energy very often sometimes go together. So for teams that are off to really tough starts, I think they can kind of spiral out a bit because you're finding your own energy. You're, you're trying to create that yourself in that Cubs series. And look, there were a lot of things going on, and there was chirping back and forth, and these are two teams that don't love each other anyways, and you got some guys for the Cubs like like Javi Baez who's going to stare at the pitcher for, for no no real reason. But you know, Brian Anderson said this on the Fox Sports Wisconsin broadcast that next day. That game was on national TV on Fox, but on that Sunday, the next day, he made the point that you know, that might have been a little bit of performance theater when the two teams came out because they're trying to find ways to kind of get themselves going and create the energy. And just not having fans in the stands, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. When we get into September, 
When there's two weeks left in September and you're fighting for a playoff spot, when they're sitting there, you know, that final series of the year in St. Louis, those two teams could be the top two teams in the NL Central, and they could be battling it out for, I guess, not a playoff spot if you're the top two teams in the NL Central because so many teams are making it the playoffs this year, but you get the idea. Or maybe they're the second and third place teams, and they are battling it out for, for a playoff spot. What's it going to feel like in the ninth inning of one of those games where you're up by one and there's a runner on at second and third and two outs and Josh Hader's pitching. Like, what what are those moments going to feel like? Are they going to feel like those big, huge moments with lots of tension and lots of excitement and lots of energy? Or is it just going to kind of be there? And I don't, I don't have the answer to that question. It has been one of the more odd things that I've experienced. I, I, and I'll... This is I'm being really truthful with what I'm about to say. There have been moments in the first six games, and I I love baseball. I have devoted my career to the game of baseball. I love the sport, and I love baseball on the radio. There's there's very there's very few things in life that are better than baseball on the radio, and I have found like this calming feeling, like this peaceful thing. I don't even know how to describe it, but there have been times where over these first six games that I've just put on headsets with the radio broadcast and just closed my eyes and listened because with the fake crowd noise coming in on a radio broadcast, you really can't tell the difference between fans being in the stands and the the fake crowd noise. It, It sounds very genuine. When you're watching the game on TV, you can see that it's either no fans or a bunch of cardboard cutouts, and it feels different. So never more, I've always thought baseball on the radio is really special. Never more has it been more special than it is right now because you can close your eyes and listen to that game, and even though it was Bob and it was Jeff and it was Lane sitting in a booth at Miller Park and the crowd noise that was coming through was fake, even though all that was happening, if you were just listening, it felt really real. And I loved it. I loved every moment of it. All right, we'll take one more break. We'll come back and we'll wrap up this edition of Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Catch more Brewers Weekly coming up on WTMJ. W277CV and WTMJ Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Three and three through the first six games of the season, and they get back home to open up the home portion of the schedule tomorrow afternoon. Again, there's not many day games this year, especially during the week, but tomorrow for the home opener, it is a day game. 110 first pitch tomorrow from Miller Park. Uh, 1235 is when our broadcast is going to begin. I've had some people ask me whether or not you would be allowed to go to Miller Park and go to the Miller Park parking lots and tailgate outside the ballpark while the game is going on. Like Not being able to go inside, but just do uh, you know, opening day tailgating, that's not going to be allowed. So I would suggest that you not try to pull that off. If you are planning on doing it, don't do it because you're going to get turned away uh, when you get there. That's not going to be allowed. Uh, the Brewers remain hopeful 
I'm probably hopeful at best that maybe there could be some fans in the stands before the season ends, but that has a lot to do with uh, different government regulations, and we'll just see how things uh, end up going before we get to that point. Right now, uh, it certainly does not seem like that's something that's going to happen anytime soon. Pitching matchup tomorrow, Brett Anderson is going to go for the Brewers. He was scheduled to be the number two starter and uh, pitched that second game of the season, but he developed a blister on his hand during summer camp, so he was placed on the injured list he'll be activated to make the start and uh, one of the new brewers we've spent a lot of this program talking about the new brewers or here's another one brett anderson will get the start his uh how much he is actually going to be how deep he's going to be able to go into the game that's a question mark he's not fully stretched out in fact they have yet to uh, name a starter for saturday they're just going to see how friday goes who they end up needing to uh, use out of the bullpen and then they'll go with uh with everything from there jack flaherty is going to start for St. Louis. He's 1-0 this year with a 2.57 ERA. Since about the midway point of last year, Flaherty has been one of the best pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. That being said, the Brewers have found some success against Flaherty. They're one of the few teams that's been able to uh, get after him a little bit, so we'll see if that's going to be the case tomorrow. Again, 1-10 first pitch tomorrow and our pregame coverage starts at 12:35. No Brewers extra innings after the game tomorrow because it's a weekday day game, but then uh, we'll be with you basically for the rest of the season after that. So our next Brewers extra innings will be scheduled for uh, Saturday after the second game of the series. Thanks so much for being tuned in. We'll talk to you again real soon. You've been listening to Brewers Weekly with Matt Pauley on WTMJ.